Ducks don't back down. Stay tuned for DuckTales and Courageous Ducks. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and ducks. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we are talking about DuckTales. Specifically, we're talking about one episode and one character, really, when it gets down to it. We're, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of Della Duck and her reunion. Sorry, spoilers. And her reunion <laughs> with her family in DuckTales, Season 2, Episode 12? Nothing can stop Della Duck is the name of the episode. I mean, I like that you say spoilers because either people have been watching and loving it as they should and listening to our podcast <clears throat> and they know what happens by the time this airs by a long time or they're not watching DuckTales and have no idea who Della is and what the stakes are. <laughs> I don't think anyone has started DuckTales and not kept up to date. That's true. You can't not start DuckTales can't not start. I don't know what I'm saying so you, anymore. You can, you can, no. Okay. Once you begin DuckTales, <laughs> you feel really um, invested in an ongoing story, unlike the original DuckTales, where you could drop in and out. Um, not that I did. I think I watched every single episode, but you could drop in and out. And, oh, look, it's... The ducks are on an, an adventure, so... Hypothetically, a non-Chris Leva person could jump in and out of the original DuckTales. <laughs> That's true, though it hasn't been tested. Um, <laughs> for us, what we're going to do today, we are... Again, we're specifically going to look at Della Duck and what she means for DuckTales and what DuckTales is doing, and we're going to look at what DuckTales has been doing this current season, season two, and look at it through the lens of this one episode, breaking it apart into all of its chewy goodness so we can see what these storytellers are doing and how they're doing it. And hopefully, um, see if they've left us any breadcrumbs for the future. I mean, not, we're, we're not like those people that are into fan theories and things. Yes, we are. Don't lie to our audience. Okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. That's not the point of our podcast. Okay, that's fair. What we're looking at is story and theme and making, um, making guesses based on that as opposed to what we want to have happen. We look for what's there and what's present and not just... Oh, I really want Della and Launchpad to become a couple or something like that. Which I don't. Just putting that out there. That'd be weird, but it could work. It could work, it shouldn't. I mean, date, yeah. I can I can see like a romance for like a week. I'm gonna ship that but. like freight. I'm not shipping it priority first class. I'm shipping it freight. Okay, that sounds great. Um I think I understand what that means. There's a layers to that metaphor. <laughs> so let's start with looking at Della Duck. So Della Duck 
as you may know from us previously discussing Della Duck, she was first known as Dumbella Duck. Dumbella, which is a terrible name for anybody, let alone a duck. Um, first mentioned in the cartoon short Donald's Nephews from 1938. So she's been part of the duck family mythos for a good long time. About like, what is that, 81 years? Yeah. Dear gosh, 81 years. She sent her nephews to visit Donald 81 years ago. What kind of mother is that? Well, that's what we're going to find <laughs> out in this episode. What kind of mother is Della Duck? Um, and then in 2014, she appeared in a Dutch comic titled, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it'll be Edie is Prachting, where um, she has like a, a whole new story and she's a female pilot and she became an astronaut and she left her children with Donald and left for a space trip and got lost in space after the rocket malfunctions. Which is pretty much what DuckTales, parentheses, 2017, decides to do with Della Duck. Hmm. It's interesting that they reinvented a story so close to the show being rebooted, and they absorbed that. Right. Not there's a lot of Della Duck mythos before this, anyway. Yeah, I think you've covered the two things. Yeah, that she, she often... Well, for a while in the comics, she was Donald's cousin. And then different family trees shifted and she became Donald's older sister. And then she was Donald's twin sister. And it was really, interestingly enough for ducks, it was very loosey-goosey for a while um, in there about what their relationship was. Were they cousins? And then I think they solidified that they were brother and sister, possibly twins. Hmm. And here they are twins in this show. Which I think works. Yeah. I think, I think in many ways, this is one of the best representations of Donald Duck. That's true to his original 1930s. Ness, his, his ferocious angriness and also his, put upon, you know, not very bright, but things just happen to him mm -hmm. and he just has terrible luck um, and he gets very angry quickly. I think this is one of the better representations of that while also allowing him to have um, a heart. So, yeah, I, 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 would, I would compare it to a Goofy movie. What a Goofy movie did for Goofy I think this DuckTales is allowing for Donald Duck. I could see that. And it all fits together in a good character because, yes, these unlucky things happen to him and he's afraid of that happening for the people that he loves. And he's ferocious because he's defending usually the people that he loves or his own sanity. Um, so it all fits to have this heart in there, too. He's not just like a selfish duck. He's a very selfless duck who is unlucky and ferocious <laughs> yes well put thank you so let's let's look through this episode 
take a look at what they're doing with Della. What's going on with Della Duck? And let's see if if you haven't watched this episode, we're going to ruin it for you. Um, if you have watched it, we're going to celebrate it with you and you know relive these moments. Part of me just wants to just put it on and we just watch it <laughs> now, but that's that's not what we do. <laughs> this episode is a it's so nice because it it packs so much that has to happen into a half hour episode without making it like an hour long hour and a half special of what is happening. We see so the episode leading up to this, of course, ends with Della like on the doorstep of McDuck Manor. Well, at the gates. at the gates. The gate doorstep, there's, there's... the gate step, <laughs> if you will. So that that's a good advantage. It starts with her already like she is where she needs to be. And also Donald has gotten trapped in her spaceship and is launched out of out of there. But no one's panicking because they assume that he went on his vacation. <sighs> so Donald. Ugh. So if for some reason you just did the homework that we told you to do and you haven't watched any more DuckTales, that's what you need to know. Those two plot things have happened. Right. Every Everything else, you can kind of understand things peppered through. Yeah. There are some nice payoffs for things from the first season all the way through. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So why don't we start with like just the the first section of this episode, like from beginning to end of that, I don't want to say scene, end of that scene, essentially that time period where they're like, until they leave the front room of the building. Does that make sense? You mean the, uh, the foyer, the theme song? Yeah. I think till theme song, all the way to the theme song, maybe a little past theme song. Okay. Let's, let's start there. Okay. So what do we, we have Della at the gates and we're ready for, I think we have to also acknowledge that we as an audience are bringing in some expectations and some wants. So I think the best storytellers are ones that acknowledge what the audience wants, but doesn't always deliver it in that way. So they, they're keenly aware of the audience. And we'll find that out as we as we go through how invested they are in us as an audience. Mm-hmm. So Della's at the gate. And what's the first thing that we understand about Della Duck? She hasn't been here for a while. <laughs> and they established that not through the character arc that drives this episode, but through the physics of the first, her first instinct is, ah, I'm going to jump this gate. And she runs beak first into it because it is earth gravity, stupid earth gravity. As she says, I think. Because again, she's been stuck on the moon for 10 years. So we establish right away, both physically and character archically. She's not suited for this world. She hasn't, Adjusted. Yes, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Thank you. All in one single moment. 
played for comedy, um, but gives us everything we need to know thematically. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't work here. She doesn't know how things work here, and she doesn't know how to get into the home. Mm-hmm. She makes it up to the doorstep and decides to run through different first impressions because she knows that a first impression matters. Thank you, writing staff. (laughs) So she kind of runs through a few various things she could do to say hello to her children that she's never met before. And she says, you know, this is, it's just, why am I so nervous? It's just the most important moment of my life, you know? So, and we, we all know this, this is like the important moment. This is the thing. Everyone who's ever asked the question, where did Huey, Louie, and Dewey's mother go? Who are their parents? This is bringing her back. Um, and so we're anticipating that moment. And they, the storytellers, the writers, hold us off from that moment just a little bit. Or, I'm sorry, since we're talking about DuckTales and Scrooge, just a wee bit longer. <laughs> yes. I feel. Um, and we go and see what the ordinary life is for the triplets, Scrooge and Webby. We smash cut inside to the foyer where Scrooge is leading them on some new adventure with, I forget the magic quill thing that he has, but it's basically a quill that will. It's, it's the cartographer's quill. Thank you. It's a magic item that will draw a map to any treasure. It's basically everything Scrooge McDuck could ever hope for in a MacGuffin. (laughs) And it's, it's lovely because it establishes like, look, we go on these random adventures. That's what we do. We're the duck family. And this is every day. Um, In one way, you know, it's what you're expecting. Hey, we're about to go on an adventure. And then it cycles through each of the characters. So we get reminded of who their personalities real quick. Yeah. Multiple ways. (laughs) So, so we Scrooge starts going through about, we're going to have, you know, the treasure and Louis like, all right, I'm getting on board for it because he's the, Moneymaker. And the, he's that side of Scrooge. The adventure item he's packed for this trip is a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, Huey, where it's like, you know, we're going to, oh no, it goes to Dewey next. So it's like, instead of crazy adventures, and Dewey's the, the, the thrill writer, it's thrill seeker, who's like, yes, let's go out and let's go have an adventure. And then we have Huey. And I, I can never remember what Huey's thing was. I think they say something about, uh, we'll learn new knowledge. That's right. That's right. He's like, oh, and he kind of straightens himself up and gets ready to go. And then he just goes on and on about how amazing the discovery was. And then we get Webby's line, which I had to pause it because it was just too, I couldn't stop laughing. You had me at Quill. <laughs> she's just excited to be a part of this. Yes. She doesn't even care. At least like, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. And in a lot of ways, Webby is all of us. 
Webby is the audience. Like we just we just happy to be here with you guys. That's all. We just happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> Which is it's shortened to Webby. Yes. You abbreviate that. We just so happy to be here with you guys. We could not be any happy. Webby. It kind of works. Just Webby. I'm a little upset that that works. Almost. <laughs> if you just take select letters in a run on sentence, you can spell Webby. There we are. So she's basically us in this. Just excited to have this adventure. We get to see the quill in action and Scrooge in a mirror to Della's line says, this is the most important part. And he adds something, not of our lives, but of our adventuring lives mm-hmm. as we open this door. And what do we see? We get Della Duck practicing an intro and it is like the cheesiest, worst one they could have walked in on. <laughs> and in that moment, rather than like any other motion, Scrooge drops this fragile cartographer's quill and it shatters into a million pieces. And we never speak of it again because it doesn't matter. No treasure, no adventure, no part of Scrooge McDuck's character is more important than his family. And it doesn't need to be like, oh no, I dropped it. Oh no, can't do that. It doesn't matter at all. It never gets mentioned. Ever again. Like, oh no, maybe we could restore it. Maybe we could fix it. They don't care. It's just gone. <laughs> and then we then we go into theme song do, 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 to do, kind do, of do, 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 do. to build you out because it's it's a shock moment. You kind of one thing that is interesting about this, this whole episode, and we'll see this, it's really heartfelt moment. Tear it down. Really heartfelt moment. Tear it down, but not as far, you know, and but it doesn't go into. What was I going to say? It doesn't go into the a complete negation of the emotion. It just doesn't allow us to sit and have it become heavy and too saccharine and fake. So they, they do that a lot through this whole episode. Yeah. They, it doesn't dwell too much on any single thing, both plot point and character point. One, they don't have the time to do it. And two, I think it's just a moment of, I think you understand what we're getting at and we don't have to belayer the point. Mm-hmm. It's not an after school special like the return of Della Duck, new every <laughs> night this week for the next five weeks. We will see what they're going through. Yes. So after theme song, we, we come back and we learn more. And I don't know if we need to, we can break down the important parts of this episode where they happen beat by beat, like that first segment. Um, right. What else happens that's important at the beginning? I think in the beginning, you get to see a little bit of, their relationship with each other and what kind of their closeness because you get um, 
him just hugging her right away and they're just he's just so happy to see her he's like where were you and then she says the moon and he says i searched the moon <laughs> like i was there i looked and then they just get angry at each other for just a quick moment it's who they are they can't help it and that's fine that's okay And it's, I think that moment of just, look, I, I went there, I, I tried, and she's like, you couldn't find it. There was a whole society there. <laughs> she's, you know, it's like, okay. We, it also explains away plot, you know, like, I, but I looked, but not hard enough. And, but it also allows us to see that they're close. They're close enough to fight, and they're close enough to be open with each other. There's no lack of, um, there's nothing hidden between them. Which is different from the relationship that Scrooge had with the nephews, where it felt very secretive and closed off for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he has um, that PTSD. Right. In, in very many ways, Della... If the first season, she's this, she's the MacGuffin of the first season, <laughs> where there's that's what Dewey in particular is searching for is what happened to his mom. Um, but also, she's this, she's the family secret. She's the reason for what's going on between Scrooge and Donald. She's the reason for animosity and the reason for the secrets. And she's a source of pain for everybody. And now, here's the point where it can start to heal. But it's not easy. It's interesting. I wonder about what the show would be like if it began here. With her return. Hmm. Like, Donald and Scrooge never talked until Della came back. It'd be a different show. It'd be like the... Like CW version of DuckTales with drama and theatrical lighting. I'm sorry, I just got stuck in what that would look like. That lots of gold hues, you know, very warm lighting. The show would be called after the place instead of a concept to be just Duckburg. Right. It'd be it totally would be like Duckburg. It'd be like a two thousand screaming theme song like Duck. And that's a, I mean, it kind of works. I can kind of see that. You and I would watch that. I don't know how large the audience is that would watch that show. Oh, that would go 10 seasons easy. <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same audience that they have right now. <laughs> be like Riverdale. <laughs> like, what right. a great original show concept. This is Archie Comics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Scrooge would die, like at the end of season one, Scrooge would die. Mm -hmm. He'd come back in season three, but he would die at the end of season one. It'd be revealed that he was Glomgold all along, but traveling through time. Oh my gosh. And it would be, it wouldn't have ducks in it. That'd be the interesting thing. It would just be like really pretty people. <laughs> or and really pretty photorealistic ducks. 
So um, coming back to this, um, I'm okay. I'm going to try to forget all that ever happening. <laughs> so I won't be re-listening to this episode. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's too good and too bad. Um, so here, here's some of the, the questions that, that start to build up is what is it going to be like? And here's this big moment after Scrooge and Della have their reunion, it comes the reunion we've all been waiting for. What happens when Huey, Dewey and Louie see their mom? And it's very subtle, but it sets up their character dynamics, in my opinion, for at least the rest of this episode. And it fits in all of their characters that already exist, too, which is what's so brilliant about it. Dewey dives in, no question, like, oh, my God, you're here. I'm part robot. I knew it. Right, because he sees her leg. Full enthusiasm. Dewey's on board. He will do whatever. He will do it. He will do it. And then we get Huey, who has to give her a test. Here's a litmus test and asking her the, uh, the questions about her leg. How does she survive in space? And, you know, what, has she made any modifications to her leg? And she has to prove herself to him. And in his character, he is hesitant but willing to give this a try. Right. Right. He's... He's scientific enough to ask the question, but also adventuring enough to be like, okay, that, that checks out. Let's go for it. And then Louie, who's already anti-adventure in general, comes up with all of the real, like, deep fan theories of, like, it's an alternate dimension or a Magicka illusion or something. Like, if this had been a normal episode, they hadn't brought up any of that. I think every fan if Della had just shown up, would think like, oh yeah, it's some kind of trick. It, it'll be resolved in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. He voices that because he doesn't want it to be that. And also, your mom randomly is at the doorstep after 10 years? What are you feeling? You don't, wouldn't even know... I, I would be confused in that. It's, it's, I think it's, it's really authentic. And Louis gets a lot of very authentic moments that Louis doesn't normally get. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis is generally um, the schemer in some ways. But also he's the one who's filled with, he seems like he's the most confident, but he also has some of the most self-doubt. Um, especially when we find out in the, um, the first episode of season two, which was um, the most dangerous game night, we learned that Louis doesn't know how he fits into the family. And so he's dealing with this. So the first, the first season was really Dewey's season. Mm-hmm. And this feels a lot more like it's Louis's season. He's searching for something. He doesn't quite know what he's getting out of it. So they've done a lot of Louis heavy episodes to figure out 
what he really wants and what he's going to be willing to do to to get it. Um, even joining in with Goldie McGuild. <laughs> um, Goldie, oh, guilt. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, but I, I think I really enjoy Louis in, this, um, Louis in this episode. I do. I do think that he's a star and he shines, and I agree this is very much Louis' season, and I'm interested to see how it resolves. His business thing, I think, is going to collide with this Scrooge Glomgold contest somehow, and I don't know how yet, but it's, it's in there. Um, and the moon. Oh, yeah, and the moon. Don't forget it has to is. collide with the moon. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> and I presume Magico will eventually come back because she's in the opening sequence. <laughs> they keep Magica mentioning her. season three. Yeah. She's season three. She comes back in season three with something else dangerous. I, I'll, I'll tell you my, my ideas, which are totally wrong and really. I love being wrong. Like, I, I know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my idea is. I like to think that our ideas are smart, and we talk about them outside the podcast. And what I love about these shows that we love and talk about is the writers are smarter than we are, and know our smart theories and find ways to subvert that in interesting, fun ways that we still love. Yes. Long story. Because short. it all comes from character. Mm-hmm. It all comes from character, and this—that's what I've been saying about this whole thing is they they investigate characters. So when we look at who Della Duck is, especially in this moment, we get to see who she is. Um, one of the best ways that we see who she is is they've, <laughs> you know, this happens right before the introduction. Scrooge says, Della Duck, meet Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And She's just so overcome, and she hugs Dewey, who runs to her. And then she says, wait a minute, Huey, Dewey, and Louie? You know, they were supposed to be Jet, Turbo, and Rebel. I told Donald that, and I wrote it down just in case nobody could understand it. Uh, Without even being on screen in the scene, Donald gets a character moment that's so true to him. (laughs) Well, that's a stupid name. That's the worst. Yeah, I'm like, no, they're going to be uh, Hubert, Duford, and Llewellyn. <laughs> Llewellyn is a cool name. As a Mackenzie, I can vouch for Llewellyn. <laughs> I just, I, I enjoy that those are the names. And I also enjoy how, in some ways, they do inhabit those names. You know, if you think about Turbo, there's that's that's Dewey. Like I could have been Turbo. He's <laughs> just like longing for I could. That's what I could have been Turbo. I'm Duford, and um, and then Huey's like um, Huey or uh, Jet. You know, he's trying to like live both. Like I maybe I'm Jet. I don't know. Um, and then the person Rebel. The person who is rebelling at this whole thing, that's Louis. <clears throat> and the show, once again, has proven that differentiating between your triplet main characters pays off. <laughs> we can see the whole spectrum of reactions to everything that Della being here throws at them. Right. It's not just three 
people shouting quack a rooney at one time in the same exact voice jumping around they they're they're distinct and interesting good on them is there anything else that happens immediately after this or right around here for me just like the whole next segment of the episode where like Della's trying to do stuff for them um i think it keeps falling into the same cadence and manifesting in different ways of dewey immediately trying something huey being hesitant but willing and louie like not trying like with the cakes dewey immediately digs in even though he winds up vomiting pop rock cake everywhere like a firework shifted into turbo (laughs) and then huey's like well i'm off sugar but for you i'll try this and gets wide-eyed and bugs out (laughs) and louie doesn't even touch his flan i mean he does touch it once just to see it shake Right. But then he's like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not buying into this cake thing. Yeah. So we we get to see the same character manifestation in different ways in different scenes. And it's the same, I think, with the like going down the stairs thing. Yes. Dewey tries it. No question. Or he's he's willing to do it, but his stomach stops that. The cake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then Huey's like, well, you're my mom, so I guess I'll do what you say and I'll try it. Right. And he has all this safety gear, and but he can't hear because of the air horns, which triggers me. So, like, he, you know, has the air horns and then he, he can't hear. So all you, all you hear is the ringing and, like, the muffled sound of her speaking. And then it cuts back to her saying, and if you do the last thing right, you won't die. You know, just to just to cement it and just to I, I think that just kicks it up one more step writer wise. Mm-hmm. And you get to see Louis wave goodbye, like, oh, this is gonna be rich. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to see this. They never ask him, but you can tell that Louis would never say yes to trying this. Ever. If they did write that part, he wouldn't have said yes. And he just gets his phone out, ready to, ready to get video of his brother failing and possibly dying. Let's let's be real. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and later on, when he's the the only one who will challenge her about the bedtime story, like uh, it's kind of babyish. But I, she rises to that challenge and tells him a completely inappropriate story for children their age. About the Aztec robot and, like, the bloody streets. Yeah, the rivers of blood (laughs) and her stop. Well, what's interesting is she tells a story about herself when she was their age. So she very much is like, this is is a story about what happened for me. And... I think that's what scares them a little bit more mm-hmm. is that, okay, she's dangerous. <laughs> Not just, oh, and we put it in our garage, you know, <laughs> like everything because they keep like everything is in there. It's the, I've, it's the third bin really is the garage. I really need to start locking the store. Oh, so good. But I feel like, We get to see her questioning 
and we get to see her failure before she sees her failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get a little hint after, you know, she sees Dewey throw up <laughs> the cake and then Huey just play ridiculously in, 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 which is a hilarious moment. He's just lost his mind. Um, and then the story, she doesn't get to see the effects of that. She just comes in with the air horn to take him to the next thing. And then we get the moment with Mrs. Beakley. Mm. And what does this, what does this tell us? This moment of, you know, they knock down the chandelier. Dewey is ready to take the blame. Sun's shield. Huey's ready to defend his mom too. Sons is shield, plural possessive. Um, and Louis just kind of shrugs it off. He's fine being part of this. Triplets, am I right? <laughs> and then Mrs. Beakley cleans up. And she turns to Della and says, After all, I am used to cleaning up after children, dear. Ouch. Mrs. B knows that the kids are defending her. I I can't honestly tell at the moment where the intention is for Mrs. B to be mean to Della or more of like a throwback, like you were like this once too, and you're still like this, and that's fine. I know she is in the family meeting later, kind of saying like Della's not ready to be mom. I don't know. Yeah, there's I layers think... to this. Right. Is she saying you're a child? Um, is she saying like, I've raised your children. (laughs) Look, we've, we've taken care, we take care of your children. Um, grow up. It's, it's a little bit, it's not quite for me. This is the one moment that I'm not exactly clear on. It's not the, it's not the cleanest intention. I think it's something that's said in anger, too, so I don't know if it has to be the cleanest intention. Sure. It's definitely authentic. Yes, it doesn't feel untrue. I'm just... If she's calling Della immature, which is what it feels like, um, is that really the problem with Della? Is that she is trying to become trying to make them into quadruplets. Mm. And is that the problem? Like, no, you're not a quadruplet. You're not part of this group as one of the kids. You're a mom. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the problem. She's, she sees herself as an adventuring 10 year old. And maybe that's what she always saw herself as the adventuring 10 year old. And that's what got her into the rocket in the first place. She's not thinking. She's just jumping out and doing things a lot like Dewey. Of all the triplets, it seems like she and Dewey are most clearly aligned together. And in fact, the next episode is a Della Dewey adventure. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, It's the most obvious, easy pairing to get out of the way. If you look at it, it it seems like, so if we have the three family members, if we have Scrooge, Della, and Donald, they're mirrors 
are Scrooge and Louie, Huey and Donald in a weird way, <laughs> and um, Dewey and Della now. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see those relationships change and how the mirrors are reflecting and also rejecting the images. I'm excited. So it feels I'm, like the show has so many characters that it's always introducing, not just because the main characters aren't always in every episode, but the side characters start to feel like main characters sometimes. They do. And I'm looking forward to season three being Huey's season. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. Okay. But I mean, also, if the first season is Dewey's, the second is Louie's, then that leaves Huey. Unless you end this series and be like, well... It was Huey, and then I feel like they just Huey'd Huey again. I do want the Webby season at some point. Yeah, maybe Webby is the final season. Season four could be the final season of Webby, which is they, they just give the fans whatever they want. Or we skip to the future in the spinoff. Teenage Webby replaces <sighs> What's-Her-Face in Darkwing Duck. Launchpad, Gosling? Darkwing, Yes. Oh my! Chris is making the happy face. I, I, I'm shocked I, that I didn't go there. Okay, I want to go to there now. <laughs> of course, she would go there. She already has a grappling gun. Yeah, she's like in college. She needs a place to stay in a new city. Oh she's staying gosh. with Launchpad because he lives there. She could train him. And here, here's why it sets it up. Um, in the next moment, that I think is really important. Um, when Della meets Launchpad. Yes. So this is not off topic. So Della is going through. She's upset because she's just in a mirror to what happens to Dewey in the first episode. She overhears something that Scrooge says and makes the wrong conclusion about it. Mm-hmm. They, they call a family meeting. And they all go through everything that's wrong. Hey, look, don't get me wrong. Of course I'm happy to have mom back. But? But I don't know. It's probably my fault. I, I've gone so long without a mom. I guess I don't really know how to have one. I... And Della overhears Scrooge saying... That's because she's not a mom. And then um, Della is just undone because Scrooge has a flair for the dramatic and it has a really big dramatic pause before he makes his real point. Not yet, anyway. She's been gone for so long. You've got to give her time to figure out who she is and how she fits into this family. You know, she's not a mother. Not yet. <laughs> Scrooge, you, you gotta... Just been like she... Stop leaving your doors open. You made Dewey mad, you made Della mad, you keep leaving the garage door unlocked, like... It just leaves it open for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> so she just hears this. She goes to escape. She goes to the houseboat to see all the pictures of Donald sitting on the eggs, falling asleep, you know, Donald with the kids. And she's like, you've done a great job with them. And she's just like, you know, I was gone for a decade and nobody, they were fine. They didn't need me. 
you know, there's not a gaping hole where Della Duck should be. They've, they've adapted. They found their own way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And even Scrooge, when she sees a picture on the wall of um, Launchpad, she's like, hey, wait a minute. Who is this guy? And he comes in with, I'm a pilot. Immediately. <laughs> Just Launchpad's like, hi, I'm Launchpad. I'm a pilot. <laughs> And it took until that moment for me to realize they're wearing like the exact same outfit. Right. <laughs> In some ways she's wearing like the old launch pads outfit, you know, with down to the scarf. Yes. The launch pad doesn't wear a scarf in this because it would probably be too on the nose. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but she realizes that even Scrooge has replaced her. She's like, ah, I'm not having this. (laughs) Nothing can stop Della Duck. Like, no, you can't. You can't replace me. As a pilot. (laughs) Nice to have met you. Uh, I hope they. I love Launchpad. I hope they don't spin him out of this show before it's done. Right. But the point is. With Della Duck. There can't necessarily be two pilots. So you either have to get rid of Della Duck again or get rid of Launchpad. Or have two planes. What? Scrooge wouldn't pay for two planes? (laughs) Okay, fine. That's fair. (laughs) Using your character logic. (laughs) I don't get mad. Two planes. (laughs) There's only one Scrooge McDuck, and he only rides in one plane at a time. <laughs> two planes. It's a little <laughs> too accurate. Like, that could just be a whole Scrooge line of dialogue <laughs> in an episode. <laughs> two planes. Trying to bankrupt me. Two planes. <laughs> just. <laughs> so, I think there's that question that I have, and that. The launch pad mirror throws up the question, and the final episode of this group of episodes just makes me wonder did they bring Della back so they could get rid of launch pad? Or they probably vice versa. They knew they're bringing Della back, and they're like, great, the show's successful. People love it. Do we bring Darkwing back so we have something to do with launch pad? Hmm. Right. So, lots of questions. I think there's room for two pilots. Like, there's room for three distinct triplets. I can see a pilot-co-pilot thing going on. Maybe maybe that could happen. <laughs> Launchpad finally learns how to fly. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Anywho... This episode gets wrapped up in a neat it's it's a nice sequence of like the Aztec robot coming out of the garage and the fight and all that. And it, the moral story gets wrapped up neatly with Della learning to adapt when she finds herself in an unfamiliar situation because she's grown. None of the other MacGuffins from the garage are there anymore that she's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> the Deus Ex Caliber, which is one of the best names for a MacGuffin. And she learns that 
motherhood, like fighting things, is about adapting. But also, here's the here's the issue that Della has too. Speaking as a parent, um, uh, I think the trouble that she has is she doesn't know who she is exactly. Hmm. So she goes back to, you know, the only thing she understands is adventuring and fighting monsters, not even just going on an adventure, but fighting monsters, because that's when she knew who she was. And she awakens that and she essentially goes back to her 10 year old self when she was able to beat this Aztec robot. Um, and that's what gets ignited, but it's not hers to defeat. She can't do the same thing. She can't climb in because she's not that size anymore. And I think that's when she starts to realize I can't, I'm not that person. I have to be different. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, spending 10 years with a single motivation, which is, I need to rebuild my ship so I can get home. She hasn't done a lot of introspective thinking. (laughs) You know, who has time for that when you're spending every waking and every sleeping moment building, rebuilding this ship out of gold? So I think there's a lot of self-knowledge that she doesn't have and it's starting to show up and and she gets to see how her sons work together and how she could be a part she doesn't have to be the the big hero she just has to be a part of the family Mm -hmm. and i think that she will be a great mother figure for them. But her development is paused, so she is also kind of like a child still, as you said. Right. So she is growing and must help them grow. And we see that really clearly in the next episode with her and Dewey and the way she encourages Dewey to just jump and go for stuff where any other parent would be like, no, that's going to kill your child. Please don't make him jump on that. Like I was having panic attacks. Like how could you just let your kid jump onto that stuff? What are you doing? He's in the air ducts now. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So what are they What are they doing with Della? What are, where, does it, where do we end up at the end of this episode with our understanding of the Duck family? It might be too soon to tell, but it definitely feels like at a point in the series where the relationships between the existing main characters kind of started to fall into a groove, like everyone knows each other, and we mm-hmm. see how they interact together. We now have Della as this unknown introduced. And we get to see whole new combinations of how these various people work together. I think that's exciting. Yeah. I think 
she'll get to pull each of them in a new way to grow. I think she gets to learn how to put some pump the brakes on Dewey. Um, I think she can help push Huey. And I think she can have a deep relationship with Louie. If she allows for that to happen. I think for me, beyond adding another female character, which I feel like they're doing a lot this season. They added about five additional female characters, which is great to the show. Um, having the big question for season two is what is... What does this mean for each of the triplets? Um, what is it going to mean for Donald, which we probably won't find out to this season finale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's know, gone now. What, right. He's not around. Um, and then what does it mean for Launchpad? Those are my big questions for how is Della causing ripples in the family? And because they answered the question of season one, like, what is the final build going to be now that it's not going for five seasons to figure out where Della Duck is? Like, where, where can DuckTales go? What's going to be the final build? I don't know, and I mean this in a good way. I don't know that they know yet either, and that's okay. Because I'm kind of... I'm, I'm going to say it, getting in my soapbox. I'm at the point with TV where... I'm sick of like shows that are so plot based where you have to see every single episode. And they're all building over the course of a series to one final thing. I'm kind of burnt out on that. I love DuckTales because it is a lot of episodic stuff, but it's also not afraid to have continuity call back, call forward. But each season feels like a complete story. That's like Doctor Who. I mean, yes, I like Doctor Who also. Um, I mean, I like Scrooge McDuck, the BBC show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited because I don't think they have to know how DuckTales is going to end. They just have to know how each season is going to end while they're working on it. And I, I know that they're building into our next really unexpected villains, you know, the moon people <laughs> um, going to be what gives us our season finale for season two, um, which makes me wonder, are we going to lose Della all over again somehow? Is she going to sacrifice herself? Which I think in one way is inevitable, but also I don't want to see ha happen. I'd rather see her. I'd rather be DuckTales be the, the duck family story. Mm -hmm. I feel like that won't happen because it kind of did something similar last season with Lena already. Right. It's too soon to do another, like here's a new character. We introduced the season and now they're sacrificing themselves in the finale. Right. I really do. I just don't want it to happen. I can, but I can feel that little, well, we've lived without her for so long. Once she finds her place, Oh, now she's gone, and the next season is about healing. And now we have to go to the underworld to save her. You know? <laughs> they, they did introduce a doorway to the underworld in season two. That's true. 
So even if they don't go after the newly departed Della Duck, who is the father? You read my mind. There's always another familial Ancestry.com question with the Stuck family. <laughs> Where has her who dad is- been? Did he know about the kids? Like, are these topics too adult for DuckTales? I can feel... Because here's, here's what I could see. It would be nice to let Duckworth have a reason for being. You want Duckworth to you be know? the dad? Oh, oh my gosh, no, no. <laughs> I want him to be the Virgil that takes them into the underworld. Got it. To find their dad. Yeah, it feels like Duckworth is a little bit of a throwaway gag sometimes now, which I like. It was a good Duckworth throwaway gag in this episode. Beakley just throws a plate at him. And I, I feel like the only way Magica can get power back, because now she's powerless, is to find another way into magic, which would be if she's tapped out of the Shadow Realm, then she can go into the Underworld and, you know, steal some of that magic. Mm-hmm. That's my totally off-base theory from random planted things and themes and unanswered questions and previous iterations of DuckTales lore. Right. Yeah. So those are all my guesses and I can't wait to be wrong. (laughs) I was totally wrong with what they did with Darkwing and it was more um, satisfying. So I'm looking forward to be wrong with that and with Della Duck. Although if I'm if if I'm right, I'm really willing to hang out with the DuckTales folks for a while and we could hash it out together. <laughs> for more information, contact us <laughs> at WG Animated on Twitter. <laughs> Our DMs are open. <laughs> oh, much like the garage door. Yes. It Always will never unlocked. be locked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other questions about Della and about this episode and, and things that you want to bring out that we haven't already talked about? Mm, nothing beyond a favorite thing for me. I feel like I'm excited. I'm sure there are questions I could have, but at the point where we are, I feel like I don't need to have them right now. I don't need to nitpick <laughs> and that's okay. How about you? I don't think so. I think I've said my, I think I said my piece with this. I mean, I'm just glad that they're resolving things faster than um, than is expected. They last Jedi. That's right. I use that as a positive verb. And it should be a positive verb. You're welcome, right. Disney Synergy Department. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, do you have a favorite thing from this episode? I think my favorite thing is just Louis throughout his one line when um, Della's making the cakes. She says, you know, it's a delicacy, you know, making the the joke with her name in it. And then Dewey's like, oh, my my gosh, gosh. how How does does she do it? it? And. And Louis just says, oh, oh boy, now there's two, two of them. them. Yep. <laughs> it's just that line reading and also 
his really authentic speech, like I've, I don't know how to have a mom. Like I, those two things, just really solid moments. I did enjoy those. My favorite moment was actually a non-spoken moment. I love the introduce Excalibur just offhand in Scrooge's garden. And the Aztec robot goes to pull it out and they Scrooge says, aha, only the true king of England can pull out the stone. And they completely subvert the myth of the sword of Excalibur by <laughs> the Aztec robot just rips out the entire pedestal monument from the ground and uses it as a club. <laughs> and then they put a hat on top of a hat because he throws it away at some point and then we get a brief cutaway at one point to Webby trying to pull the sword out of the stone to help. <laughs> like, of course, it's immediately where Webby went to go. It's perfect. <laughs> and they've told us now Webby's not the true king of England. Okay, I would have expected that from DuckTales. I really legitimately would have. And now she's not. Well, I guess we'll just all have to, you know, live with that. Yeah. Somehow. Sit deep. Webby cannot be our leader. I mean, not R, because we're not in England. <laughs> Spiritual? We can't watch, like, webby royal affairs on TV and have tea and wear fancy hats. Oh, goodness. Yes, we can't. <laughs> we will continue to not have that as a thing. Um, should we talk about next time? Should we talk homework time? Let's. For next time, please watch Toy Story 4. If you weren't intending on watching this, for some reason, you have been warned. Please go watch this. Pay for it in theaters. There's lots of opportunities. I'm sure it's showing at least in four different theaters. In Dolby Vision, in Dolby Atmos, in IMAX, in 3D, in Standard, in Closed Captioning. <laughs> Just choose one. Tuesday, $5 <laughs> movie night. <laughs> just go see it. You know you're going to anyway. Exactly. I mean, let's let's just see Annie Potts in a film. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Let us know your duck family ideas on Twitter at WG animated i can't remember what our twitter was <laughs> or on facebook.com slash wg animated and you can find our show notes and links to all of our episodes on your favorite podcatcher but also on writersgetanimated.podbean.com ah fooey oh yeah that is a good way to end it i should have said that because i couldn't think of something to say and i could have just you always see the same thing at the end I know. Good night, everybody.